Join I Am A Watchman Ministries Managing Editor Joe Kerr with co-host Dylan Burroughs, bringing you a fascinating discussion regarding the importance of Bible prophecy and Christian living today as it relates to our responsibility as believers to be watchmen. This is A View From The Wall. Welcome to A View From The Wall. This is Dylan Burroughs along with Joe Kerr, and today we have the opportunity to talk with a friend of our ministry, Jeff Kinley. He is well known to many of you in our audience. He has the Vintage Truth podcast that's heard in over 70 countries. He now has the Prophecy Pros podcast that he does. He's the author of numerous books on Bible prophecy, including the one we recently did, the interview with the Antichrist. Jeff Kinley, welcome back to A View From The Wall. Dylan, Joe, good to be back with you guys. Yes, well, we wanted to have you back because you've been addressing in particular some of the things that have been happening in our culture recently with the coronavirus, and this is the big thing everyone's talking about now. Maybe still some people who are stuck at home during this time, and they have questions. People are going uh, to the internet, going to their Bibles, going to their pastors, going to their friends, saying, what are we supposed to do in response to this? There's a lot of fear going on. Tell me kind of what you're hearing, where you are, and some of the things that you're sharing today. Yeah, well, there, there is. There's a lot of noise out there right now. A lot of people are, um, I think Americans on the whole, are very cooperative people. And um, and we tend to say, okay, you know, we can handle this. We're Americans. And then kind of it starts to settle in like, whoa, wait a minute. What if this thing doesn't go away immediately? Uh, what if it goes away and comes back? What if some, some other strain of virus, you know, comes over? And so it's almost like you know, remember the days after 9-11, how we were all concerned there was going to be all these follow-up attacks and that type of thing. So I think there is sort of a, uh, you know, in some areas, a low-grade fear that exists among uh, Americans about what's really going to happen with this thing. So that's caused us to uh, to wonder about a lot of stuff. It's caused us to wonder about not only the future, but how do I make it in, pre- in the present? And of course, there's a stimulus, uh, you know, package, but, you know, that's only going to be a short-term fix. So I think on the whole, there's a couple things happening. I think there's um, there's confusion. I think there's fear and there's uncertainty that's going on. At the same time, I think people are trying to busy themselves doing certain things. I mean, you, you know, people on the internet posting crazy dance videos and you know, you know, we're playing checkers with our kids or whatever. Of course, all those things you know to do with your families are important. But at the same time, we need more substantive ways to look at this situation. And to figure out how can we turn this into something good, even though it seems to be sort of a global terror right now. Right. And I think back to 9-11 that uh, we've mentioned as being that last big crisis in our country that everybody looked back to. It's been nearly 20 years now. And one thing that happened out of that is this huge surge of people returning to churches, coming to God in prayer, looking to God for hope. And we saw a massive wave of spiritual interest during that time. What are you seeing now with the coronavirus, perhaps where you are, some parallels? And uh, let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I, th- I think we are seeing an uptick and an upsurge of people being interested in the end times uh, and in spiritual things. And, and only because the fact that the whole world really for the first time, I can't in my memory is talking about one thing. I mean, even nine 11 didn't affect every country, but this does. And even down to every village, every hamlet. Um, I was thinking that the nine 11 experience was, a little different world for me because I was working Wall Street then. So I lost a lot of friends who worked for Marsha McLennan in um, the second tower. 
And so that one was very personal to me. Uh, this one is a little different, but uh, still some of the things that you're talking about. A friend sent me a picture the other day. Now, this was somebody in the UK. I think somebody you know as well, Jeff, but sent me a video uh, of people outside a Costco. Now, this is in London. They're lined up with their shopping carts all the way out the driveway to the Costco, probably uh, two-tenths of a mile from the front door with their shopping carts waiting in line to get in. Can you even imagine? But he also sent me another one a couple days later of the aisle at Walmart. And you look at it first, if you glance real quick, you'd go, oh, okay, another another picture of the toilet paper aisle at Walmart. Turns out, if you look closely, it's the book section and it's all Bibles. And there are half a dozen Bibles on the shelves and all the rest of the shelves are bare. And he was making the point, it's great to see people turning to something that actually has an impact on life as opposed to toilet paper, which doesn't cure the coronavirus. So you get the idea of, wow, how fast things can change. You know, even when you're talking about when I was there, looking at those towers the next morning, that was an impacting experience. And there are folks who are listening right now who've had that same kind of impact. Somebody they know or a family member or somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. It's getting to the point very quickly where many Americans can say, well, yeah, I know someone. Yeah, absolutely. And also the fact, you, you know, what you mentioned, Joe, there about just how quickly things can change. I think every generation that grows up forgets that point of the previous generation. I mean, you know, our parents' generation, it was, you know, World War II and Pearl Harbor. And then, you know, came the Kennedy assassination and changed the whole world. And now this has kind of become our deal uh, right now in this particular age. And, and it tells me, as I look at it just biblically and just from a global standpoint, guys, it, it tells me that humanity is a lot more fragile than we think we are. I mean, I think there's a, there's a sense sometimes in which we think, you know, we're immortal because we've got technology on our side. And we've got, you know, all this communication and we've got science and all these things and we've got a healthy economy. And guess what? One little virus can tank an economy. And it can cause panic and fear to really reside. You talk about the virus getting inside people. What about the fear and the roots of this fear and these, these anxieties that are coming into our, our collective psyche? How long is that going to remain? And that is why I think we have to, as Christian leaders and spokespeople, to really turn people's attention as much as we can towards the Bible, not only to see where we are right now, but also to give them a sense of hope and comfort. And the, and the fact that God is our strength through all this, and we ought to be looking to Him. Well, those are some good words. When we come back, we're going to talk more about what Scripture says that gives us hope and opportunity in times of difficulty and trouble. Stick with us here on A View from the Wall. We'll be right back. From I Am a Watchman Ministries, here's today's I Am a Watchman Minute. The coronavirus has impacted almost every nation in the world. Several of my family members have contracted the virus. An extended family member has passed away from the virus. I know what it is to have fear and anxiety. I also know what it is to have peace, because I know Jesus, the Prince of Peace. 
I don't have all the answers, but I know that God does, and I trust Him. I know He loves me, and I know He loves you. Trust God today. Find peace in Him today. The troubles we're facing now foreshadow the great tribulations that are to come. But know this, Jesus promised to return to rescue sincere believers from this world in an event known as the rapture. Are you ready for the rapture? Visit imawatchman.com to learn more. Be bold. Be faithful. Be a watchman. imawatchman.com Welcome back to A View from the Wall. This is Dylan and Joe. We've been talking with Jeff Kenley, the author of Interview with the Antichrist. And as we continue to discuss what's happening in our culture right now with the coronavirus and the pandemic that's swept our nation with now, about a third of the world has been labeled as being in lockdown or quarantine at different stages or levels. Uh, so a lot of people are living in fear, but as Christians, we are given a spirit of power and of faith and of self-discipline, the scriptures tell us. And if you look at 2 Timothy chapter 2, you see the Apostle Paul coming toward the end of his life, and he has some bold words for Timothy, doesn't he, Jeff? Well, I'm looking here in 2 Timothy 3, where Paul is writing to his young son in the faith, and he says, to suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. You know, Paul was one that, I mean, Paul obviously had a tender side, but he also had a sort of a, a military officer side as well. And, and you know, Timothy was going through a lot of different troubles with what was going on in the church and, of course, what was happening in the world. But, you know, there's a time to really man up as a believer and to put our armor on and say, you know what, we're not victims and we're not people who need to cower in shame. In fact, it's more of a time to stand up and be heroes uh, than it is to uh, to kind of retreat behind the safety of our, of our own lives. And you know, he says in verse 4, no soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. And so I think we have to remember our priorities as believers and ask ourselves the question, how can I really bring pleasure to the heart of God in the midst of this situation? And, you know, I think about the early church, guys, how, you know, they were facing this uh, pagan government that um, that was ready to, to torture and to kill them at any moment. They were being arrested. They were being thrown to the lines and paled on, you know, on crosses and, and on sticks and that type of thing. And, and yet, guess what happened? The church uh, thrived. The church flourished. The church changed the world because of the power of the Holy Spirit and because of the message that they had. And I think if you, if you realize the fact that, you know, had these people not been convinced of the reality of Jesus Christ and his resurrection and what he offered them, there's no way they could have gotten through this. You can't get through this playing a mind game or you know, just meditating or you know, singing you know, anthems about the world unity. I mean, you've got to get through this thing with solid truth, and that's what really gives us the clarity and the confidence to be able to move forward. That is absolutely true. Let me ask you this question, because it occurs to me, we are very blessed in America in that we have enjoyed the Christian heritage we have over the centuries that we've been a nation. And that has, you know, been in flux in in various times under various leadership. But for the most part, we have been very blessed to be a free nation, a nation that can worship and do all the things that we take for granted as Americans. Has that, to some extent, Jeff, 
almost deprived us of the skill set that it takes to handle this kind of a crisis? You mentioned what they were going through with the Romans during the time that this was written. And, you know, hardship, oppression, all of that was something that they faced every day. They, they got up every morning knowing I could be killed for being a Christian today. Whereas in America, we don't really face that so much. Do you think we're equipped to handle this kind of pressurized situation, if you want to call it that, spiritually speaking? Well, I think one of the things that we learn from history is that prosperity sometimes produces a sense of lethargy or a sense of uh, just relaxing in our comforts. Uh, we're, not, uh, we're not standing our post. Uh, during times of prosperity, during times of attack and adversity, we stand up, we get on that wall. But I think for what people are doing in, in the church today, they're suddenly realizing, wait a minute, you know, I may have not been prepared for this because a lot of Christians are having that kind of anxiety. Or, of course, Americans are having that as well. And so during times of adversity, as my wife always tells me, adversity doesn't, doesn't cause you to be something. It reveals what's already there. And I think what we're finding out is you find out how shallow you are. Uh, you find out how weak your faith is. But on the other hand, you may find things about yourself that you don't know. And I think for Christians, we can't rest in our country's provision for us in a free society or in an act when we're not being persecuted, because those things may change. If, if this virus can come in, religious and spiritual things can also change immediately with a new presidential administration or perhaps with, you know, another, uh, you know, resounding a wave of attack on, on believers in, in the marketplace and that type of thing. So we are living in dark times. And so believers really have to understand that it's not about our external circumstances. Like Paul said, I can be content in any circumstance because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So I do think that during those times of prosperity, we can kind of get lulled to sleep. You know, everything's great. We go to church, the air conditions on, the seats are comfortable, uh, the lights are flashing, and the pastor's up speaking, and boy, what a great band we have, you know? But guess what? When all those things are stripped away, and you're sitting at home, and all of a sudden, you're just watching somebody, a pastor from his living room, just teach the Word of God. And I love what John MacArthur says. He's going to find out whether or not you really love your church. You know, just turn out all the lights and just have a guy get up and talk about the Bible instead of having all the, you know, the fluff and the fog machines, then you'll find out how much you really do love God. And I think that's what God is trying to do right now, strip away some of the props, you know, some of the, the crutches, some of the things that we've leaned on in both society and in the church to say, hey, what is really there in your life? What's really there when you strip away all that? What's down there in the bare bones? So I think that's what we're finding out about ourselves. Right. Well, I think you hit it really well. There are places around the world where, of course, believers can't legally gather and worship God. So they are limited, just like we are now, to watching things online, watching Christian media, getting together in small groups in a house, trying not to do anything that draws too much attention. We look at it as a crisis for many people around the world. That's just how they've normally had to function as part of their Christian walk. Reminds me of 2 Timothy 2, like you've been talking about, where we see Paul say, join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. We don't like the suffering part, but that's part of our walk with God. He says, no one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. 
I know for me, uh, one thing that I've really been working on during this crisis that's happened is to make sure that I'm doing my part as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, which means that if you're a soldier and you're in the middle of a crisis, you don't get to go home because it's tough. You have to work and do even more than during regular times because you're on the front lines. And I think for many Christians, that's the wake-up call that they need right now is that we don't need to be going home and hiding out and just doing stuff online and watching YouTube videos. We need to be the ones who are on our knees. We need to be the ones who are on the front lines. We need to be the ones stepping up and being salt and light when everyone else is living in fear. When we come back, we'll talk more about this with Jeff Kinley here on A View from the Wall. Stick with us. The rapture can happen at any time. You may be ready, but are your friends and family spiritually prepared for the coming of the Lord? What will happen to those left behind? We've created a new resource to help you help them. It's called the Rapture Kit. Included in the Rapture Kit is a Bible and vital information on what the Rapture is and how to prepare for what's to come. The Rapture Kit also includes eight books on prophecy, apologetics, the Christian walk, and being a watchman for the Lord plus a number of video and audio teachings, all preloaded on an eight gigabyte flash drive. Become more strategic and active in your witnessing. Warn the lost about the coming rapture and help individuals in the post-rapture world be drawn to Christ, equipping them to become the next generation of ministry leaders. Learn more and order at rapturekit.org. Welcome back to A View from the Wall. This is Dylan and Joe, and we have one more segment with you today. And I want to highlight something that's really been personal to me lately. Uh, one thing you see is this emphasis on wearing gloves or wearing a mask to help stop the spread of germs and disease as we deal with the coronavirus. And that's all well and good. But as believers, we have something far more powerful. And I'm talking about the armor of God. If you look at Ephesians 6, we are given spiritual armor. We are told in verse 10 to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. As we look at this passage in our final segment, Jeff, talk to us a little bit about the importance of not just looking to human resources, but looking to spiritual resources to help in this time of battle. Yeah, you were mentioning about being a, a good soldier. Uh, you know, when a soldier goes, goes to battle, he takes everything with him into battle. He doesn't leave anything behind. He takes his helmet with him. He takes his, his breastplate, his armor uh, with him. He takes the right, uh, right boots, right shoes with him. He takes his weapon with him, that type of thing. And spiritually speaking, we're in this battle until we're raptured or until we die. And so we have to always have the armor of the Lord on us. And here's why. Because we have an enemy. You know, we forget sometimes that in the midst of, of this crisis, this is not just a virus that's going around. This is not just an economy uh, that's tanking or other threats like this. I mean, there's actual spiritual sources behind some of the things that we're experiencing in this life. And uh, during this time of, of taking a break from, you know, work and those type of things, there's going to be spiritual attack on people as well. There's already been spiritual attack on emotions and, and just on people's uh, general conscience and spirits in terms of their relationships to one another and to their God. But here's the thing. We have to always have that armor on because without it, we're not going to be able to resist the flaming arrows of the enemy. And he also says in there, guys, take up the sword of the spirit. And, you know, we forget the fact that, you know, now is the time to really learn how to grip that sword, learn how to understand, to to wield that sword. 
And I think about what Paul said to the Thessalonians back in uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. He says, basically says this, I don't want you to be disturbed by a spirit, a message, or a letter as if it's really the Word of God, basically is what he says. But then he says, let me give you the Word of God, because as an apostle, Paul was doing that. And he explained to them what was really going to happen so that they could be comforted and so that they could know. So I think part of wearing that armor is making sure that we have that sword of the Spirit and that we're in it, the Word of God, and that we know how to use it. And so this is a fantastic, this is a golden opportunity for believers to not only focus on their own spiritual lives, find out in in terms of spiritual inventory where they are, and to be able to get into the Word more, study a book, study of the Bible, uh, do a word study. I mean, you know, read another book, but get into the scriptures and also through that be able to help others as well, because we are blessed so that we can bless others. And so the more that we know, the more that we grow in our own lives, the more we have that light to shine into the darkness uh, and those dark places, even in, in the church. So, yeah, this is this is a, a golden opportunity. This is a, a lot softball for us as believers to really take advantage of the freedom that we have right now to get into the Word and to be strong, because there could be darker days ahead, we don't know, uh, leading up to the rapture. And so if that happens through persecution or through other events like this, then this hopefully is a practice round uh, for that future challenge that we may face. That's a good way to put it. I like that. Dylan, I think I've heard you talk about this before, that the armor of God is proportionate. In other words, it's all defensive with the exception of the sword. Why is it that so much of it is defensive? There's armor plating, there's helmet, there's shoes, there are all of those things, but you don't have, those aren't weapons. Why is it that so much of it is defensive and there's only the sword? Because as scripture says, the battle is the Lord's. It's not in our strength that we're meant to win this war. It's not up to us to know all the answers. That's not the way it's designed. Yeah, well, we are are very much dependent on the Lord's strength to get us through a crisis like this. One thing I think of as I look at the armor of God, when you face a battle, you don't walk into the battle and wait for the bullets to fly before you decide to put on your armor. You have to go into the battle already prepared. And what we're seeing in our culture right now is that there were a lot of Christians out there who simply were not prepared for this crisis we're facing in our culture now. And they are seeing it in their personal lives, and they are trying to figure out what to do next. I want you to encourage our listeners today, Jeff, if you would, in the last few minutes we have together, if someone is out there listening, they're in that position where I I wasn't ready for this. I don't know what to do. How do I get on track and really do what God wants me to do during this time? What would you say to them? Well, I'd say it's good news that you recognize that. That's the first step. And the second thing is, is that there's nothing stopping any person Uh, listening to my voice right now from completely seeking God with all of their heart. All you have to do is to come to Him and to ask Him to be in charge of your life. If you're a Christian that maybe has been lethargic, maybe you've been like, you know, you weren't prepared for a Pearl Harbor or 9-11 or for this virus, guess what? Spiritually speaking, we get caught off guard, but that's all right. You need to seek help with other believers in the body of Christ. That's why Galatians 6 says the bear one another's burdens, link up with another believer, just one more person, and gain strength from that. And together, 
pray with each other, pray for each other, and together move forward spiritually. So focus in on that relationship. You can be strong. There's nothing in Scripture that says you can't go from where you are right now to a more mature, stronger believer. So I encourage you to do that. Seek the Lord right now in your life. Give Him everything that you have. And I guarantee you God will bless that because that brings pleasure to His heart. You know why? Because it tells Him He's worthy and that He's worth following. He's going to respond in kind. He's going to give you that strength through the power of the Holy Spirit that already lives within you. Those are such good words. We only have about a minute or so left, but if you would, Jeff, take just a moment to lead our listeners in a prayer, praying that God would not only protect us, but embolden us to live fully for the Lord during these difficult days. I will. Father, I thank you right now that we have the privilege of being able to talk to you and to tap into your presence and to know you personally. And God, we don't have to know all the whys and the hows of what's going on in the world right now. All we need to know is that you are on your throne and that everything is under your charge and your control, that nothing takes you by surprise. And Lord, if you can speak the universes into existence, God, if you can cause a people to be born, if you can create Adam and Eve, if you can do mighty miracles, then Lord, certainly you're big enough to handle the problems in our own lives. And so we want to do, as First Peter 5 says, to roll our burden, cast our burden on the Lord, and he will sustain us. Like Psalm 55 says, Lord, to cast our burden on the Lord, he will lift us up. And Lord, we want to come to you right now, as Jesus said, to bring our yoke to you because your yoke is easy and your burden is light. And so may your presence be real to us. May your power be resourceful to us during this time. And may we seek you right now with all of our heart and let this world see what happens when Christians turn to their God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And again, we've been talking with Jeff Kinley. He's the author of numerous books on Bible prophecy, including Interview with the Antichrist. You'll want to check out his website at jeffkinley.com. Again, that's jeffkinley.com. And Jeff, thanks so much for being with us here today on A View from the Wall. Brothers, it's great to be with you always. All right. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you next time. And thanks for being with us here on A View from the Wall. Join us next time as we talk more about living for our Lord. Thanks. A View from the Wall, in association with I Am a Watchman Ministries, exists to equip a worldwide audience with biblical truth, sharing it with others, and being prepared for Christ's imminent return. The team seeks to encourage, inspire, and equip watchmen for such a time as this. For information about the ministry and upcoming events, visit IamAWatchman.com. A View from the Wall is made possible by the team of dedicated pastors, editors, and the many contributors of I Am A Watchman Ministries. To support our efforts, give online at IamAWatchman.com and click on the Donate button. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time on A View from the Wall.